You are listening to Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, Episode 027. Welcome to the Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more, serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly Botter here. Welcome to God the MBA podcast. Content marketing is a hot topic, but it's also a confusing one sometimes. As if, if you ask different people, you probably get different answers. So I thought, why not let me invite my good friend and the leading voice of the growing content marketing movement in the UK, Chris Marr, come to the show to share his perspectives with us. After all, he has built his entire business based on content marketing. Well, he even hosts annual conference in Scotland called the Content Marketing Academy, which is happening in June. I will be there and I hope to see you as well. In this episode, we are learning some key lessons such as Chris, his own journey to become entrepreneur, how to overcome the imposter syndrome, and how to create the content that converts. Also, how to build a vibrant community for your business. As you can tell, it's jam-packed. So, let's check with Chris now. Chris, so happy that you are here with us all the way from Scotland. Yes, yeah, absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks very much for inviting me on, Kelly. Thank you. Well, Chris, we kind of know, you know, you are so known for the content marketing guy in another pound that, that, that you guys say, right, in the UK pound. But can you share with us actually where you're from and how did you start with all this journey, especially now dive all the way into content marketing? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll give you the short version of the story. So this goes back to 2010 for me. That's when I wrote my first blog article. Um, and that's when I started to kind of, it was kind of, well, it was really around sort of 2009, 2010, where kind of Twitter and Facebook and things like that started to kind of come into their own a little bit. So I started playing around with all of that stuff when, in my job. I used to be employed by someone else um, in the local area. Um, and as part of that job role, I just started to sort of experiment with a lot of things. And in my spare time, I started helping out smaller businesses with their social media and stuff like that. So I started playing around with a lot of things. And then I read Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk in 2010. That kind of gave me the sort of, it influenced me to start getting my own ideas out there and my own opinion on things. Um, and my blog started off, very first blog article was a bucket list of all oh. the things I wanted to achieve. But then the blog very much took shape into a customer service, leadership management type blog, because um, that's what I was interested in at the time. Gary's book, Crush It, was the kind of the catalyst of that whole thing. So my whole reason for starting a blog, though, was I was studying at university at the time as well, and part-time while working full-time. And um, at that moment in time, I read Gary's book and said to myself, 
I never want to write another CV ever again, right? That's kind of what I thought to myself. And I thought this blog would be the way that that would work for me. Now, I had no idea that that blog would give me my first freelance contract. I didn't know this at the time, but it did. But what I thought the blog would do would at least allow me to get my personality out there so that when, instead of me applying for jobs, someone would go, hey, do you want to come and work for us? It'd be the other way around. Everything I do now is always the opposite for some reason. Uh, and that was same six years ago, same now. And we'll talk about content marketing later on and how it's the exact opposite of everything that we're used to today. And um, that was kind of how it all kind of really started to take shape for me. So I started blogging six years ago. Um, and started writing all my ideas and sharing. And that journey took me down a path that I never would have thought would have happened, right? So I left my job in 2011. I went to study university full time as a student. And during that time, I started my own company. I started a music company. I did network marketing. I did. Um, I started my marketing company as well, which is what we've got today. That was kind of the shape that that took was a kind of general marketing company. And um, there was a time though, like another fork in the road for me when I was leaving university and started my own business. And all my friends at uni were about ten years younger than I was because I went to university when I was twenty-nine. I graduated when I was thirty-one, and at the time they were all applying for jobs. Right, so they're applying for jobs at Accenture and all these banks and all these firms, and I'm sitting there, sort of like, start my own company or should I get a job? Start my own job. And because I'd already left my job, I realised I didn't want to go back and work for someone else. But I felt myself getting pulled into this thing. So I spoke to someone who offered me an interview, and the day before the interview, I phoned them up and said, you know, I can imagine you giving me this job and me turning it down. So I'm not going to come to the interview. Um, because I'm just going to waste your time and waste my time. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go all in on setting up my own company. Now is the right time to do it. If I don't do it now, then I won't get. I might not never get the opportunity again to do it. So I decided at that moment in time that getting a job wasn't an option for me. Right. So in 2010, didn't want to write a CV ever again. And in 2013, I decided that a job wasn't an option because it's almost like I was burning my boats. Right. I was sort of like, if I've got a plan, if I've got a plan B then maybe plan A won't work out so well. So this still, still to this day, three years on, one of my motivations is that, that I want this business to be successful because getting a job is really not an option for me, right? So that is just, it's not an option. Therefore, I have to, this has to be success. So I've tried lots and lots of different things since then. So building this business has been my passion in my life for this for that length of time, for about three years. It started off as a general marketing company and then really like just went deeper and deeper and deeper into content marketing. So instead of going wide, we went deep. Uh, so you talk about niching or niching down. That's kind of what we did. We changed the name of the company to Content Marketing Academy. We really put at the front of our business what it is that we do. So it was very clear. And we know that in the UK here, we're sort of three, four, five years behind America as far as content marketing is concerned. So Hopefully we're not too early um, and that we're kind of like on that wave, on that on that crest, basically. So that's kind of how it all kind of came together. Um, I would say in the last three years, I've read all the books, I've been to the seminars, watched it, done all of that stuff, done constantly learning about all of this stuff because we want to be the best. And a lot of people that are in this space aren't in any rush at all, actually. And we want to be, I want to be speeding ahead, basically, as fast as possible and kind of be at the forefront of all of this thing. So a big part of what we do now, the Content Marketing Academy, it's our mission to change the way that organizations communicate forever through teaching the principles of content marketing. That's what we do. So that's all kind of taken, you know, we've learned a lot of the last three years, Kelly, and it's just been 
Uh, it's been an amazing journey and it's just getting started. Well, that took tremendous amount of courage to burn mm -hmm. the boat. Uh, just a curious, a side note of, did you already have a family that moment? Uh, no, okay. I wasn't married. I wasn't married, and I had a I had a home. I've got I still have the same home as I have today. Um, I had a mortgage to pay and things like that, but I didn't have I didn't have a family. I now have a family, obviously. Yeah. So, <laughs> but still, you know, uh, I would mention that you know most of people say, well, let me just find a job. I think everybody's journey is different, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what is content marketing in your perspective and why content marketing. So. Content marketing is fairly misunderstood, I would think, in, mo in most cases. A lot of people think content marketing is this, like a podcast or a blog or a video. That's what most people think it is. And that's right in some respects. I mean, typically when we talk about content marketing, we are talking about a rich source of content, a blog, a podcast, a video, something that you own, something that's your content that you're creating, right? But in my mind, in my opinion and perspective, I guess the philosophy that we teach is that content marketing is far greater than that. It's actually about excellent communication, right? Um, so you could do it all wrong, right? So for example, you could, um, if you take to blogs and podcasts and videos and you, you are there talking about your products and services all the time and you're trying to sell directly through these platforms, that's just an advert, right? That's not, that's not content marketing. So it's trying to trying to figure out what the distinct differences are between what marketing is and what content marketing is, right? And try to figure out what that is. It's it's, un, it's kind of unfortunate that we call it content marketing because it's really just it's just good communication skills, and I think that's what we teach: communication, leadership, and it's trying to see the big picture of this whole thing. So let me give you some examples of what I mean, right? So we always talk about when we're talking about content marketing, it's the difference between helping and selling, or the difference between selling and helping. What we know is sort of traditional marketing is selling, sales. Everything that we talk about is directly or indirectly related to product that we sell. Whereas when it comes to content marketing, it's almost like you have to kind of forget that you've got a product or a service to sell and you're here to help, to teach. This is a great example of this. We're not going to pitch anything in this hour call that we've got today. You, the listeners are not going to be sold anything. They're literally going to hopefully learn something um, and perhaps during that whole that whole course of time, they'll build a relationship with yourself, Kelly, and they'll build a relationship with me too. They might follow us on Twitter. They might do such and such things, read our blog, whatever. And over a longer period of time, they'll maybe at one point decide that they want a little bit more from us and they might pay us some money. But they, they probably won't, right? There's a good chance that only a small percentage of people are going to ever buy from us. But we're impacting a lot of people's lives through helping and teaching and education, right? So helping and selling, that's a big difference. I think another big difference between what marketing is and what content marketing is, is the difference between showing and telling, right? So a lot of people will go to the marketplace and tell everybody what they do. We make the best smoothies. We've got the best crepes. We've got the best coffee. We do this. We do that. We're the best, right? We've been doing it for so long. Whereas if you were like a cafe, for example... Or, or whatever business services, instead of going to the market to say this is what we do, you go to the marketplace and show them what you do. So if you're a cafe that makes the best smoothies in your area, you would actually go to the marketplace with videos teaching people how to make the best smoothies, right? You wouldn't tell them that you make the best smoothies, you would show them that you make the best smoothies. So same with everything. So we go to the marketplace and show them what we can do as opposed to tell them. So that's a big difference as well. And I think like the other distinct difference between content marketing and what we know to be marketing is I mean, there's a few things, but one of them is definitely asset building. So when it comes to marketing and traditional advertising, we're typically paying a lot of money for that sort of stuff, the exposure, the reach. So when you pay for like a radio ad or a TV ad or a newspaper ad or any advertising, even pay-per-click advertising, 
as soon as you stop spending that money, the traffic stops, the telephone stops ringing, that's it done, right? It doesn't matter how it performs. It can perform really, really well. But the point is, is that as soon as you stop spending the money, it stops. Whereas with content marketing, what you're doing is you're building assets for your business, things that you own that increase in value over time. So a podcast, a video, a blog, for example, you can use that today, you can use it tomorrow, you can use it next week. People can discover you when they've never even heard of you before. You know, that's asset building. So it's the difference between sort of expense and asset, I would say as well. So, you know, content marketing and marketing um, is asset building. I think those are distinct differences between what content marketing is and what marketing is, just to kind of bring some context in there. And I think that the big picture thing, Kelly, when you say, so what is content marketing? Content marketing is your ability to communicate without pitching your products and services. You're creating content that entertains or educates or teaches your audience. That's kind of really what content marketing is. Yes, it's massively about sales. It's massively about business growth, except you're the one that's giving first, not the not the customer. You're not expecting them to pay you money first before they get value. You're giving a huge amount of value before they pay you money, right? So we're the ones that are doing all the value-adding stuff. So why do we do it? Why do we do it? Well, I think that if you look at business over hundreds of years, this is how business works. People buy from people that they know, like, and trust, okay? And content marketing accelerates that whole process. You can create these podcasts and blogs and videos and all the rest of it. And what you're doing is you're effectively building a relationship at scale with people so they can find you when they've never heard of you before. They can, in their own time, they can build that relationship with you. You're not even there. They're, they're listening to your recordings. And you can do it at scale to the point where they built that relationship up with you so much that they trust you enough to contact you for the first time. That could be anything from a tweet to an email to walking into your shop right? Um, that's what it's all about. You build up the relationship, it creates awareness, you build the relationship, which leads to trust, which leads to advocacy and loyalty. And once you've got loyalty wrapped around all of this stuff, that trumps everything. So you're the only one that they will look at. They're the only one that they want information from. They don't care about your competition. You've, you've got the ultimate tiebreaker, basically. Um, and you're the most valuable person in their lives for that thing that you do. That's what content marketing is all about. As far as I'm concerned, we're all in the same business. Regardless of industry or sector, we're all in the business of trust. And that's what content marketing does, and that's why we do it. Well, that's tweetable right there. The trust yeah. actually is a true currency of today's business world. Yeah. Since we're on this topic, you know, we often heard, I mean, my audience, my clients, I'm sure you, you also, uh, Chris, especially for people just get started, they made me say, yeah, okay, I get it. I know I need to teach something. I need to share something, create content. So, but what on the earth? Who am I? Right? Yeah. I mean, who want to listen to me? Who want to uh, watch <laughs> my video and all those things? So, so how do you yep. answer this question? So the first thing I would say to that, Kelly, is this is not tactics. This is not a tactic, okay? You don't go... You don't say to yourself, "All right, I want to, I want to grow my business. I'm going to do content marketing." It is you. You do it because you do it as part of who you are, right? And what your business wants to be represented for, right? Or what people would see from you. You want to be known for, basically, right? So it's not about. This isn't tactics. This is how you communicate entirely, right? So that's the first thing. So hopefully, getting over this whole imposter syndrome, or why would someone read my read my blog? Why would someone care about my video? Why you've got to give them a reason to care. You have to earn their attention, right? And you do that through giving them content that truly helps them, right? 
They're not going to build trust around something where you're trying to obviously sell to them, right? And a good example of this, right, is someone who writes a blog article and at the bottom of it says, call us today on 0800 blah, 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 if you want to find out more about our pricing, right? They've kind of got the great content and they've ruined it by putting a sales message at the bottom. That's not going to build trust. So you need to, you need to go to the marketplace with the intention that you are trying to build a relationship with people, okay? And the only way you're going to do that is through the, the, the things that we're talking about today, so there's no other way to build, this is the thing, there's a thousand and one, in fact, I've got a book on my shelf here, a thousand and one ways to grow your business, right? That's fine. Content marketing is the best way to build your business. If you want to be, if you want to have a really good business, a really solid foundation of trust and loyalty, it's the only way you're going to do it. So forget, why would someone not read my blog or watch my video and just believe that you, this is how you consume information today. Look at your own habits as a consumer. Look at how you buy stuff today, right? And just believe in yourself that, if that's what you do as a consumer, that your potential audience are going to be doing exactly the same thing. It's how we do things these days. We go online, we Google, we look at reviews, we watch videos, we read articles, we do all our research so we can become educated buyers, and then we buy the product that we feel like we've built up the most trust with. If you can create content that builds trust faster than your competition, then you're going to win. It's the only way to do it nowadays. Everything else is all that's left. It's all that's left. Everybody's annoyed with everything else. So. Imposter syndrome, fine. I believe that's a real thing. You've got an element of fear around this thing and you have to deal with it, right? Fear, overcome that through knowledge, education, and actually doing something about it, taking some sort of action. But you have to believe that you're to believe in yourself that you've got knowledge and skills and expertise that someone can benefit from through a video, through a blog article, through a podcast, something like that. You do have to believe in yourself. There has to be a little bit of self-esteem in there as well. And you have the right, of course you have the right. It's like the, the technology, the, the, the opportunity that you have right now to create the amazing content, is, it's, it's the, the barrier to entry is almost zero, right? You need a computer. In fact, you can, do it on, you can do it on your mobile phone. You can create a podcast with your headphones from your iPhone straight onto SoundCloud, for example, right? The opportunity is tremendous. Very few people are taking advantage of it. The opportunity is... Uh, the opportunity is like fantastic that's available to you right now. The unfortunate thing I think is that there's a lot of fear around it. Why, like you said, why should why what gives me the right to to do this? Why would anyone read? What well, if no one reads it? You know. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be in business for a long time, which and we're going to be on the planet for a long time as well, then uh, you've got to try some new things, right? You've got to try something that might might frighten you a little bit, might be a bit scary, but you've got to believe me that thousands of people are doing it already, and they're doing very very well at it. And it's only a small percentage of the business community across the world that are actually taking these principles and applying them. And if you're in the UK or if you're in Europe, then you've got a massive opportunity. Like it's really exciting. The, the sort of like the uh, offset of that or the other side of the coin is that there's no rush to do this either, right? Because, no, because there's, uh, we're three or four years behind, there's no rush. So you've got to really see the opportunity here. And if you've got an opportunity in your marketplace, an unsaturated marketplace with very little content, You've got to dominate that space and do it fast and do it aggressively. And I think that that's the opportunity that's available to you. So instead of striking fear into you to get you to move, try and see this exciting opportunity that's available to you instead and believe in yourself that you have got something of value that people can get value from. You know, believe in yourself, right? Believe in yourself that you can do it. And I mean, you look back at all these, um, if you take imposter syndrome as a great example, if you look back, you know, what gave me the right to publish my blog article, my bucket list? Nothing. Did anybody read it? Probably not. My mum maybe read it or something like that, right? 
but six years on, seven years on, eight years on, and we're getting, we're writing authoritative content. We're building a business around it. You know that that takes time to build all of that up. So if you're sitting there looking at someone like Michael Stelzner or Chris Ducker or or whoever, and you think, well, they're they've done it already. And it's like saying that there's there's no reason to have any competition in the marketplace. The world is a big place. You know, there's enough room for you to, uh, and people will like you. They, that's the whole thing as well, is that people will be, some people will like me, some people will not like me, they'll like you better than they like me, and that's what content's really all about. It's uh, creating your personality on the internet as well, and attracting the right people for you. So, I believe that imposter syndrome and the fear is real, but you need to, you definitely need to find a way to overcome that, and the best way I think is to, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already halfway there, because you're you're looking for the knowledge, the education, which is one, part one, part two, is going ahead and writing that blog article, creating that video. And I would say, you know what, Kelly, part three is something that people don't really consider to be important, but it's probably the most important part of it all, is to get around the like-minded people, to get around the people that will support you, that will help you, that will tell you that you're doing the right things, um, because everybody else will tell you you're probably not. And and it's getting getting around those people is absolutely essential because in business it's lonely and also you have your bad days. We all have bad days and you need people around you that are going to lift you up. But you also need people that are going to challenge your thoughts and ideas as well and make sure that you're doing the best best version of what it is that you can do. So, yeah, all of those things I would say, Kelly, uh, would probably help. But you know what? Nothing beats action. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I used to find a YouTube video, a very popular one. I think now maybe it's over two, three million views. And that's just a simple YouTube video somebody created say how to peel the banana in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's right, then, yeah. Right. So I thought, well, just, you know, if that can be popular, you yeah. cannot tell me that you don't have any skills that my somebody out there they are looking for. Right. Okay. I can give you another example of this actually, Kelly, if you want. And I think this is a good. This is a good relevant, right? Just to kind of create because when we're talking about content marketing, I'm conscious that a lot of people talk about the tactical elements of content marketing, like the writing and the production. But there's a much bigger picture here. Mark Schaefer shared this at the at his presentation, so I'll pull from that if that's okay. Sure. He shared, he shared an example of. I don't know. You've probably seen this video. Of the guy who opens a bottle of wine uh, with his shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did. Mm-hmm. So Marabu, I think it's Marabu Winery or something like that, or Vineyard or something. Anyway, the point is, is that that video went viral, right? It's had 13 million views. I think 11 million on YouTube, a couple of million on his website, right? So, what's the point? What's the point? The point is this, right? He didn't create that video and sit back and wait for the phone to ring. Okay. That was video number 222. Not video one, not video five, not video 50, not video 100, video 222. He's written 300 blog articles, he's created 230 videos. That video went viral because it was chapter 222 in a huge story, right? That's the point. If he created that video as chapter two, it would not have 13 million views. It's got 13 million views because he built up an audience, he served them, he gave them what they wanted, he educated them, he taught them, he built an emotional connection with them, he gave them a reason to come closer to him, and then when he did that video, he didn't know it was going to go viral, he had no idea, but it did, because it was number 222. My point is, is that you've got to be consistent, you've got to see the long-term value of building an audience, and you, you just, you serve your audience always. 
you know, over a long, 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 long. That, that's a such a, yeah, I know. I, that's a such a great example. I did watch that video and I was thinking the same. That was not his first or the second or even a tenth video, right? You know, Chris, we also know that you have built a, such a vibrant community, right? CMA that we call it, uh, Content yeah. Marketing Academy. So, you know, how did you get started? And also yeah. that, you know, nowadays when we see you, when we see maybe Chris Docker, you know, Youpreneur, uh, I'm also part of it. We kind of see that, oh, wow, all these leaders, they have, they just somehow, they just know how to build a vibrant community. Yeah. And we all see the good and glorious outcome. But can you share with us that what are also the most challenging part okay. when you come to build a community for your yeah. business? Uh, you know, I've never been asked a question around this before, so it's quite interesting. So I'm thinking, you know, the first thing I'd say is it's very much about leadership. You know, if you've got, if you've got naturally got some leadership skills inside you, then I think you'd be successful doing this anyway. Uh, so it's massively about facilitation and communication skills, listening, recognizing uh, opportunities to uh, add value and things like that. But it's hugely about connecting people as well. So if you're naturally a good I say I say nat I've said naturally twice now. That's that's nonsense because you can learn this stuff as well, right? So I'm I'm saying naturally, but if you've got the skills there to be able to connect people, then that's another thing as well. The other thing is obviously be able to attract the right types of people too. So challenges, challenges. Yes, I do know what the challenges are, and they're fairly intangible actually. So it's not the technology. The technology is something you can learn. There's things you can get off the shelf, like, so for example, someone will say, I'm thinking about starting a membership community, which platform should I use? And I'll be like, well, the first thing you need to do is figure out if people actually want to be part of whatever it is that you're trying to do. So there needs to be like a, a culture within, within, the, uh, within the organization somewhere. The challenges are much more around things like patience uh, and effort and um you know that sort of stuff i would say i think for me it's like being being massively patient about the whole thing and, and growing it in the right way and not looking for hundreds and hundreds of members you know instead actually getting the right people in there is absolutely key for me anyway i think that this depends which what you're part of a lot of people have got high growth memberships and i'm not sure how it feels for them but i certainly want to have a membership where all the people are people that i would love to hang out with in person so I want that to be a big part of it is that the the uh, the right people, which means patience. Challenges I think are like, so one of the biggest challenges I've had recently is about is about growth actually. Is I know that there have been people sitting there on the fence, kinda of thinking, you know what, I will become part of it one day, but for whatever reason just haven't got around to it or I was gonna do it today, but I forgot and then I, you know. So it's about there is tactics involved in here to try and get people in to at least try it out and see what they think. Um, that's a challenge in itself, I find, but we're trying to deal with that in the best way that we can. I'm trying to do it in the right. I'm trying to do all the right things, the way that I want to my my company to be. You know, I want our marketing to represent us. No, it's not. It's not. I don't want it to be really sleazy and salesy. I don't want that. I very much want to practice what we preach as far as content marketing is concerned. So that's one of the big challenges, I would say, is just doing the right things and continuing to do the right things and believing that you're doing the right thing and being <laughs> and being and being patient with that. You know, I think that's the key and not selling out almost like not selling yourself out either in pricing or in a message or reputation. Those are ma those are really big things for me. It's massively about reputation, of course. Um, so that's a challenge. I think another big challenge about a membership is keeping everybody engaged mm -hmm. um, at scale is hard hard work actually um, and you need uh, you need systems and processes in the back end to help you do that 
So for example, how do we know that if someone comes in for a free trial that they're going to stay? What kind of things can we do in that first 30 days that help to bring people in and bring them in closer and get them engaged? So for example, if someone comes into the community and doesn't engage in the forum, then we, there's a good chance that they might not stay. Mm-hmm. So what do we do at that point to help them engage? There are things that we can do that get them engaged with people, make introductions, get them on a weekly call, get them on a call with me. There's lots of things we do in there. So there's like a lot of work that goes on. I mean, this is the funny thing about this is that if you look at a traditional business, when someone, someone buys something from you, right, a lot of people say, well, that's it, we're done. You've bought and now we're away. You're a customer or you were a customer and now you're gone. The thing is with a, a community and a membership is that it really sort of like highlights the importance of the relationship and the journey, right? So for example, a relationship might start on Twitter or you might listen to a podcast, you know, and then you're like, I need to speak to that person. And then there's a call or there's some other interaction or a referral from someone. Then maybe you come into a free trial and you start. This is, and we haven't even started building a relationship yet. I mean, we haven't even got to the point where the relationship is building significantly. And it's not until, like, for example, for us, when someone buys from us, that's the start. That's day zero for us. Not, that's not, that's not, you know, we're not at the end, we're at the very start. So day zero was someone buys into our community and then we're like, right, well, how do we build this relationship now? Day one, day 10, day 100, day 200, you know? So for me, that's about understanding that when someone buys from you, that's the start, not, not the end. And that's not just, in, and that's not just in, um, in the type of business model that we're talking about here. That's everything, I think. No matter what business you're in, when someone buys from you, that's them saying, enough trust now to buy from you. And now, you, now it's up to you to build that relationship much stronger into advocacy and loyalty after that. So I would say that those are the big challenges, really, is just mapping that process out and thinking about the psychology and everything that goes on there and how you build that up and how you keep people engaged and getting the right people and... You know, it's like it consumes my head all the time. Just it's a brilliant, it's a great business. I love it. Massively interesting. And probably, to be honest, Kelly, it's interesting to me because it is challenging. Um, it's an interesting challenge to have. And um, I think that if you're, if it's too easy, whatever, if you're doing something that's way too easy for you, you'd need to, you need to step it up. You need to step up your game, you know? Um, <laughs> But that's the challenges for me. Obviously, like financial elements to this whole thing as well, making sure the business is profitable is a challenge, but that doesn't matter what, you know, that's regardless of what business you're in, that's, that's always the case. Making sure that there's like valuable things to talk about, that the conversation is valuable in there. It's not just chit chat, that people are talking about real things, things that matter. And we do that obviously through making sure that the webinars and things that we do are topical and there's things to talk about, you know, stuff like that. I would say that those are the kind of challenges for me, content, conversations, context, uh, value and growth. I mean, even getting new members in is really important for the members that are already there as well. We can't just say, oh, we're not taking any more members anymore. And everyone will be like, well, I'm here to meet new people. I want to learn new things. You know, so it's, you know, it's trying to get all of those things. I mean, I don't know if that's... I love how you say it's the moment actually when they join the community, it's a ground zero for you. It's a day zero for you. It's, it's almost reminding me like a married couple. You know, I know you're married. I am too. So it's almost like, you know, you're walking on the, down the aisle that, that, that is not like, okay, that's it. No, actually, we're just getting started. That's right. right exactly. So also, I knew that you're one of those crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Chris Ducker nope. said that you, you know, you dive into a live event right away, pretty much. And by the way, I'm really looking forward to <laughs> 2017. I've yeah. never been in Scotland, but I, I'm really be convinced uh, I need to be there for the conference and I hopefully bring a bunch of friends with me. 
So how did I come along with this live event idea? Yeah, so the, this is like, you know, we could do a whole podcast just on this probably. Okay. Um, the, you uh, only I'll have five minutes. I think, right, so basically I told you a little bit about my story and how it built up, right? And the business has like five or six different elements to it. I speak, we do workshops, private, and, well, in-house workshops and public workshops. We do, um, we've got a membership part of the organization as well. And I also, um, also, we also have live events as well, right? So we do other things too. But what that includes workshops, one of the big things is our conference, the Content Marketing Academy. Very short story. We started it in 2014. September 2014 was our very first sort of like minimum viable product, right? We did an MVP for this basically. said, is this going to work or not? We called it the Content Marketing Academy. And then over the course of 2014 to 2015, we grew it from about, I think we sold 26 tickets first year. We sold 110 the second year. Wow. Um, and we had our first international speaker, Marcus Sheridan, join us for that, that one in 2015. And then over the course of that whole year, from about September 2014 till about November 2015, something crazy happened, right? We built a big audience around the Content Marketing Academy, not around our business name, which was actually called Learning Every Day at the time, right? <laughs> so we changed our business name because of this, right? Mm. So we reacted to our audience. We reacted to what they were, they were enjoying about the whole thing. So we actually I ran an event called the Content Marketing Academy and ended up calling our business it. Business or business content marketing or CMA for short. So the conference is building and building all the time. Yeah. So I mean, if you think about it, that's 2000 September 2014 was when we did our first one. I the idea was a thing in my head, in March 2014, and we I started trading in the business in just the year before, right? So in 2013, June 2013. So it was less than a year into the business. I thought, let's do a conference. So looking back, it was too early. Like I'd have to say that right now, it was probably too early in our in the career on in the in the life cycle of the business. It's been really really hard trying to build the audience, sell the tickets, the trust. Like you know how I talked about the trust. That's a massive factor in how why people would buy from you, right? So why would you, Kelly, buy a ticket for a conference one year in advance? Without any speakers, no, uh, like okay, so one speaker has been um, been announced, Chris Ducker. But you've bought a ticket in advance, a year in advance, for a conference that's you know it's a year away. There's nothing tangible associated with. You don't even get, actually get a ticket, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing, nothing there. Why would you do that, right? Why would 96 other people do that? That's what happened after the conference in 2016. We sold 96, 97 tickets for next year in a month. And it's 340 days away. So basically what happened was it just it just got it just grew and grew and grew. And the reason that we did it was I just wanted to have an opportunity to educate more people about content marketing. I knew that it was a, a big deal in 2014. And I thought, why how can I get more business people to understand what this is? Right. And the only way to do that really was to get them all in the room and teach them. So I thought, we'll do we'll do an event. And it just grew and grew, to be honest, Kelly. And I just got my idea got bigger. I've got a really big idea. So 2000, I know what I want for 2018 already, and we're not even anywhere close to 2017. And it's building and building and growing and growing. And this year was the signal that something interesting was happening. We executed an, an excellent event. We had some of the best speakers in the world there. And, and it was in Edinburgh. There's no other event like it in Scotland. And in fact, across the UK, I think we've got one of the leading conferences in the UK now. We, like I said, we sold, we sold 117 tickets last year. It was really hard work, right? For anyone doing live events, it's difficult 
to get people to buy tickets for stuff. And then you've got to get them to come as well. And then, got to get them to, and then you've got to deliver an amazing experience while they're there. Regardless if, you're, if you've sold enough tickets or not, on the day, it has to be amazing. But you can't go in there and go, oh, we only sold half our tickets. Mm-hmm. There's half the people are there, though. You know, if you were trying to sell 100 tickets and only 50 people turned up, you've got to make sure those 50 people have an amazing time or they ain't coming back next year. Um, so it's a case of delivering an excellent event and then realizing that everything, you, every live event that you do sells the next live event. You know, it's, mar- it's a piece of marketing in itself. So we delivered an excellent event. Interestingly enough, Kelly, we sold, like I said, we sold 97 tickets in a 30-day window after this event for next year, which is amazing. Um, I know, I was watching it. I mean, okay, guys, I bought one of, I, I, one of those 96, yeah. <laughs> seven people anyway. Exactly, and it's like, it's crazy how it all worked out because, like I said, we sold 117 tickets last year and that was hard work. And then we sold almost exactly, like, pretty close to the same number in a month and it was not as difficult, surprisingly enough, right? It gets a little bit easier because you get better at this stuff as well. So you, you, we sold all of those tickets. It's a clear signal to me that we're building up a reputation, which you could call trust, right? Because half of those people that bought a ticket have never been, which is interesting, right? So half the people that bought tickets have actually never been to the conference before. They're, it's word of mouth. They're seeing other people's experiences. They're trusting other people's recommendations, et cetera, et cetera. Or they're watching, right? And this is the same with any product or any service. When you first start out, some people will buy from you. It'll be the people that are early adopters, right? They, they want to be first or they, um, they, they're willing to take a risk. But most people just aren't. They've got to see somebody else do it first yeah. and, some, you know, and so on and so forth. And that's what's happened with us. We've done it one, two, three times now. And now that everyone's seen it happen a few times, maybe Chris is going to stick around for a while. We trust them more now, whatever it might be. And they're willing to now vote with their wallet I guess buy a ticket and they trust the, the trust is there now so it's interesting how that all works together but the conference it's not an easy way to make money um but it's, <laughs> it's a it's an absolutely amazing experience and I've built an event that I would actually want to attend which is which is absolutely like key to this whole thing is having an event where I would actually want to go to um and speakers that I would be inspired by and it just so happens that other people are inspired by those same people too. So um, we build it for, I build an event, even for next year, I'm building an event that I would want to attend with the belief that all the people that have bought tickets would want the same thing, rough, you know, roughly. Yeah. That's, the, that's kind of what my sort of idea behind it, behind it is really. So um, it's been a great experience. Um, like you said, one of those crazy people that went to, like I said, it's a lot of hard work. But it's um, rewarding, it's really rewarding to deliver a great experience for people and something that they talk about. I think it's amazing for me to see that, you know, I follow you in your Snapchat and, uh, you know, on Facebook everywhere. And then when I saw that, oh, wow, you know, when you start to count down and cross away those numbers, uh, it's such a role model and such an example of that is the power of content marketing. That is the power of... Uh, basically, it's a digital way, virtual way of the word of mouth marketing, right? And so, yeah, exactly. It's the trust is at display right there. So, Chris, can you share with us the what is your godly MBA moment? Meaning the moment you realize that, oh, my business is way beyond just a business. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple. One that was one of them. The one I, the story I just shared. Okay. <laughs> that was one. I'll share with you another one, right? And it's just a small story, actually. Um, when I knew that something interesting was happening with what we were doing, because 
sometimes you take for granted what you know um, exactly. and you don't really appreciate that other people would that they that other people value it massively and it changes their lives right you don't you, sometimes you just don't appreciate these things until people tell you um, so a really small a really small example because I've told you the big story already which was how the conference has changed how we do things and how it was massively it's been massively successful this time was a day when someone emailed me and said they love what what we're doing we were working in a it was a coaching program for six months with a group of people in the content marketing space and she emailed me and said that um, something like Chris what you're doing is unbelievable right and we we absolutely love everything that you're doing and I want to give you some more money could you invoice me for more money please right and I was like okay wow I've never been in a situation like this before (laughs) where they're paid already but they're emailing me saying I want you to charge me more money right so I'm like right okay this is interesting right (laughs) so it's like you it's almost like I was underestimating the value of the stuff that I was delivering so now we're far more appreciative of that I think and we value ourselves much more now because of that, not to the not to the point where we're like, oh, we're worth loads and loads of money, and you can't, you've got to pay thousands of pounds to work with us. Nothing like that. It's just an interesting moment where you realise that what you're doing is actually worthwhile for people, and they really value it. Sometimes that's not what they say, but the actions they take. And that was one of those actions where I thought that I was massively underestimating what it was that I was doing. And um, it was just a nice gesture, actually, for someone to to to, to take. It's only happened. I think it's happened twice. And the first time it happened was the story I'm telling you about just now. And uh, I didn't even want to do it. I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to charge you any more money. They're like, charge me more money. Get, send me an invoice, you know, and I'll pay it. If, you know, everything you're doing is hugely valuable. So that's just that. It's, it's like it's a, it's these little things, I think, that show you that you're, you're not just building a business. You're building something that changes people's businesses and changes people's lives as a result. And that's that's the kind of business I want to be to be in, you know, is something that's more than that. It's more than just marketing, you know, it's it's much greater than that. Yeah. Well, can I wrap up in better way than that? You know, uh people invoice you say just charge you more charge me more. <laughs> more <money. laughs> Gee, that probably is we all can dream about as a business owners, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but thank you, thank you so much, Chris. For today's your precious time, I know you are super busy, and uh, I am part of your community, and I'm super proud to be part of your community. <laughs> I see everybody there. You are impact lives every single day, literally. Each piece of content, uh, I saw how you give feedback, and uh, how then activate each other. I mean, the community members to give that feedback to each other in the very genuine way. And I think in the marketplace, we need more of us doing this way. So then, yeah. So then, you know, marketing will not be, for me personally, marketing is just meaning communicate your message in an effective way. Um, So thank you so much for all you do. And I cannot wait for 2017, that conference. Yeah, thanks very much, Kelly, for getting me, you know, having me on your on your show and for getting involved in what we're doing and your support as well. You know, everything's it's great to have people like you in the world, Kelly. So thanks very much. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I trust you have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. For today's show notes, please visit kellybarder.com forward slash 
0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-7-0-2-